and welcome to the final episode of series two of The Grad Pod. In this podcast, I was joined by Matt Bayliss for a lengthy and interesting discussion on how best to deal with the dilemmas and issues you come across when trying to work out what you want to do. Hello, I'm here with Matt. Matt, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, uh, I am Matt Bayliss. And uh, I, I'm here to talk about the GrabPod. So, uh, I mean, right now we are living in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. Uh, I am currently living with my sister. Um, she lives up in Cambridgeshire. And my job that I'm currently doing remotely is uh, I am an economist for the Cabinet Office. Let's kind of talk about how you got to where you are now. So you went to university and... Would you like to kind of elaborate from there how how you got to where you are now? How I got to where I am now, yeah. So um, I kind of went down a fairly traditional route. Uh, I mm. didn't like take kind of any time out after school, so I just did my GCSEs, did my A levels, went straight to university. Um, actually, wasn't the university that was my first choice? Interesting, oh, uh, which might that. be of interest, but. Uh, I actually think the best place I could have ended up, um, I genuinely think I had the best experience I could have had at a university, and I'm so glad that I ended up where I was. Uh, and then I did a four-year programme at university, I studied economics, uh, and in that kind of third year, um, I did a industrial placement year, um, which is a little bit different to doing like a standard programme of just academics, so I took a year out to go and work, in a place, uh, which was really cool. Um, And then that placement year kind of inspired me to look at my current job. So that placement year was in the public sector. It was in the civil service. It was as an economist. And I thought, I really enjoy this. So I'd quite like to do it again. Nice. And um, did you, when before you kind of started university and you were deciding, okay, I want to do economics, did you definitely know, okay, I'm going to, do economics because I want to go into it or was it just oh I enjoy this yeah so I think (laughs) I had no idea what I wanted to do Uh, (laughs) when I kind of roll back to thinking about I kind of like what you pick for your A-levels which I think somewhat informs like what you go on to do at university if that's the path you're going to go down Mm. I ended up just kind of picking things I enjoyed I like was definitely interested in economics because of like the combination of like current affairs and it's like a bit technical and I saw it as kind of a way of like describing the world um Mm. And I think like, I learned this more and more in the time I've studied economics, but like I think I always saw it as kind of this really interesting like study of choices and why people do the things they do and act the way they act. Um, and, you know, it is kind of like a subject that can explain that. But, yeah, I think I just chose A-level subjects that I thought I'd be interested in. And I don't think I ever thought about being an economist specifically. I didn't think I knew what I wanted to do. I thought about doing science perhaps at university my parents were both like scientists and I've always been interested in science so that was like a possible route but I think kind of it just slowly like crystallized in my mind over time through studying my levels I decided that actually economics was the thing I was most interested in because it like combined so many of those interests that I kind of spoke about like people politics um 
like the kind of global system through which we all like work and communicate and trade and do all this different stuff. I saw it as a kind of means to explain so many things. Uh, and I think that's why I found it really interesting, like kind of like looking at those systems. Mm. Um, and that drove me to like want to study it further. Should have written that in my personal statement. That would have been <laughs> You would have gotten into your first choice university. <laughs> yeah, I, would have, I, would have, uh, I would have, maybe. <laughs> oh, well, you wouldn't be where you are now. No, I wouldn't. And genuinely, like I said, I think one of the best things that happened to me. But... Did you like sign up for the four year course or did you like decide kind of midway through to um, do the year in industry? Uh, yeah, so I always knew I wanted to do the four year course. Like as soon as I found out it was something available, in my mind, it was something that I definitely wanted to do. And I remember going around and at you know, the university open days where like some universities kind of advertised it specifically in their prospectus. They'd be like, you can do this over a four-year program and you can spend a year abroad or spend a year in industry. And there were some universities that didn't really speak about it. And I remember going to their like campuses on their open days and asking them specifically about it, being like, is this something you offer? Um, and you kind of got a mixed bag of responses and I think actually increasingly it became a really important thing for me to decide where I would pick Mm. um, as like my university options and yeah I think it was because I hadn't taken a gap year Mm. I think I saw it as that was my opportunity to like have a break from academics and like kind of get some real world inverted commas um <laughs> experience like out in out in the world of work um so yeah i think it just it just definitely became something of interest and um but it was weird it wasn't like something oh, i suppose it wasn't something that like i really knew kind of what i kind of I had an idea of like what benefit I'd get from it, but I didn't kind of realise how defining it would like become in my university experience. Um, mm. And actually it became like quite central to, to a lot of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, do you think it kind of was, um, I guess, crucial in, in leading up to where you are now, like taking that year? Do you think it really contributed to getting, getting the job you're in? Yeah, now? 100%. And... Absolutely, because like I kind of said at the start, that year really showed me that I was interested in working in government, working in like public service, and that I actually cared about public service and like doing something, working towards something that had an impact on like people's lives um, in like quite a tangible way. Um, Whether like government is the best means to do that is like a whole other question, but I definitely saw it as like a way of, of doing it. Um, and having had that window into it it made me think that I would love to see more of this I would love to be here for longer I would love to see like a different side of this and Mm. the government is such a massive place and the jobs within the civil service especially are so varied and even Mm. you know a job that's badged as an economist can be totally different from even just one posting you know in one place in a given department another place in that department not even 
considering between departments that do totally different things in a policy sense, but even within an organisation, things can be totally different. And that was like really exciting. And I liked the idea of being able to kind of get lots of different experience and kind of have lots of different opportunities to try lots of different things within one kind of big overarching organisation that was the civil service, the public sector. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I think there's, and maybe this would be something that is of interest to people, appreciate it might be going slightly off script here, but there's definitely like a journey to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of all started through uh, actually doing some work experience, I think at the end of my first year and like the summer between first and second year. So I just did like a bit of work experience um, in like a private sector company, like their finance department for like two weeks. Just like the standard thing you do where you just kind of shadow and follow people around and talk to what they like, talk to them a bit about what they do. And this was at a time where I didn't know I wanted to go into the public sector. I thought I might want to go into like the private sector and do something more financier related or something maybe more like banking related or consultancy related. And I remember sitting down at lunchtime with a guy who I was shadowing and he asked me like, what are you interested in? And I said like, you know, politics, current affairs, like I really do like my economics too. And I've really enjoyed my first year of studying and you now I'm interested in like people and kind of how people's decisions shape things and all that sort of stuff. And he said to me, have you ever thought about the civil service? And I was kind of like, no, like what? a thing um and then pretty much like a few days later I jumped online and had a look and found that there was a placement scheme in the civil service and that's how I ended up going there um and applying to that and that was kind of like the first step in that journey of thinking about that as an option and it becoming something that I really wanted to apply to yes that's so interesting that it kind of came from another experience that you had that conversation that kind of led you to yeah. realize the sector you wanted to to be in um yeah go, going back to obviously that that year in in industry did you have any help at all from the university or was it kind of like an independent thing that you had to search for yourself no my university was was really good uh particularly for students who like sat in the business school um at the time the university was already like very geared up towards kind of uh, supporting people entering into the world of work and like getting into kind of careers and jobs that they wanted, particularly within the business school, like very kind of focused towards that. And they had their own like dedicated careers team there to support people. So the support was definitely there to help you look for a placement. And like I say, definitely there within the business school, perhaps more than it was within other parts of the university. If you wanted to like try and do it solo, if you were doing a different degree program, um, but you had to use it. You had to like go look for it. There were kind of being on a being on the four year program. There was a set structure, and there were like four like uh, compulsory things you had to attend. Um, classes you had to attend, lectures you had to attend about searching for placements. But there was a whole like that was just like the first layer, and there was so much more support behind, like one to one career appointments yeah. and talking to students who'd already done it and trying to like get a bit of insight and understanding from them so yeah I don't think I feel like I used it quite a lot like the support quite a lot 
um, but definitely could have used it more. So it was a really valuable mm. thing to have. And I think trying to like search for it completely on your own would be pretty daunting unless you had a really clear idea of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. Um, but still, like that said, a lot of it is off your own back and you're not just going to... A placement here was never going to fall in my lap. I had to go and look for it and I had to go yeah. and like research and, and kind of hunt for it. And I guess it almost kind of prepared you well for when you had to find an actual job at the end perhaps because that is often the reality of when you you leave university I mean yes you know our university and lots of universities they do have great kind of careers um, departments but sometimes it they might not have quite the right thing for you or the you know it you might miss it at the wrong time or realize too late you know and it's it's a lot of um, finding a job is kind of down to yourself a lot, you know, most of the time and, and trying to search and know where the right places are to, to look. Completely. I, yeah, like absolutely. And you can kind of never have all the information, even if there is someone helping you, you can never have it mm. all. And like you say, there are always things that you miss, like events that you miss, deadlines that you don't know about and you miss. And I think you touched on like a really important point that for me the job I think I wanted to go into and the route I wanted to go into was kind of fairly well trodden like fairly mainstream there's quite a lot of support and like people know about it there's resources I suppose more traditional there are some other routes and for job applications that just aren't and it can be far harder to kind of find that support if um if you are looking to go down kind of a different kind of route other, you know that's not mm. the kind of big bright flashy you know banking consultancy yeah. PR kind of traditional routes that are really that you know really well publicized the companies really come in and like market themselves to students uh the career like departments are really bought into it and really supporting it can be so much harder if you're looking for something kind of niche on your own but I think my advice to people who are looking to do that would be where possible still try and talk to someone one-to-one and if you can like build a relationship with a kind of careers advisor and which in itself is hard or even another student who like might have some kind of experience or knowledge of the industry you want to go into and like try and talk to them as much as possible and they can help you um that might be something that can help uh Mm. I definitely found it a useful thing to do was to like talk to people um, and like try and find out as much from them as possible that kind of meant I'd you know missed their stuff and heard about things on that weren't always publicized very well. Moving on to obviously the, the, the job that you're in now. Uh, how how did you get it? If you don't mind me asking, like, do did you was it through contacts from your the year in industry, or did you again have to kind of like start from scratch? Yeah, or so how did it how did it come about? It being um, the civil service and you know public sector and government, it kind of had to be completely transparent. Um, so there was no back door mm. um, from my placement into a job that some people who work in the private sector get like if you work in the private sector on your placement year sometimes that can be basically treated as like a year-long interview 
and at the end of it they might offer you a job and that yeah. if you can do that is a fantastic opportunity sadly that wasn't the case for me so I did have to reapply um, and I applied for the civil service fire stream um, and sadly didn't get in through that but partly because of my placement here I was aware of like some other routes that you could apply for economist roles in government and um, they had kind of it's kind of a similar graduate program um, just it's not kind of fast stream badged and it was like a mainstream route basically for economists where you could just apply as a graduate wanting to be an economist in government and you could apply through that route so I went through there uh, instead and that's kind of how I got my job. I went through a fairly standard application process, um, some online tests, an interview, like a bit of an assessment centre day at the same time, and then got posted in a department. And that's kind of how it ended up. So it was, I did find it frustrating at the time, having like worked in a place for a whole year and feeling like I'd proved my worth. Um, yeah. And without sounding kind of arrogant you know like you have people tell you that you've proved your worth but you still have to go through the kind of application process again and as I'm sure other people on this podcast have said that application processes can be such a lottery you can be you can be perfectly qualified for the job you can be fantastic and you can have people tell you that you're great and that you're you would be brilliant at this job and you can still not get through the like initial screening processes and the parts of the application where a human being has not even looked at your at your application and that is so frustrating for any job you apply for but it was particularly frustrating in this case where I'd kind of done a year and actually even a little Mm. bit more did a bit more than a year in the end and like yeah I kind of didn't feel like I had anything to show for it that helped me in I mean, I did. I had like I had this experience and these examples that I could talk about, um, which definitely helped. Absolutely, yeah, it completely helped. And like you know, you have this really, really fantastic experience that you can talk about, and that absolutely helps. Um, but yeah, I think I think it kind of can feel frustrating to go through the whole process again. So I would advise people if you don't want to do that, if you want to do a placement year, <laughs> and you see it as your route to like getting a job at the end of your university yeah. career, then don't go to the public sector. <laughs> That's a good, good, good word of, words of advice there. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I completely agree with the whole kind of sending applications and just like yeah no one even just looking at it you just know and they they don't even like reply to you it's completely demoralizing and I I know many friends as as you probably do who who have been through you know job hunting and and I have as well and, and you get so many rejections and you can't help but think like why why like is it something I'm doing like what more can I do but it does feel like luck luck comes down to it it's just like the mood of the person looking at the applications on the day they might just look at the top five or something or like I don't know like someone's might stand out because they've got red writing and you've got blue you know it literally could be just silly things I reckon yeah there are so many things that can affect whether you kind of get through to the next stage or not and I I completely agree with you I do think it is a bit of a lottery and I think 
to kind of touch on your point about like you do so many applications and you get rejections, it was something I definitely experienced twice. Like when I applied for my placement year, I kind of got three or four or five rejections before I kind of got any positive news and like early stage rejections as well. It wasn't even like, you know, you get to an interview and you feel like you've got, you know, quite far in the process and someone's seen your worth. It was like, no, straight away, just told no. Um, before, but yeah, let's like say I got four or five of those before I got any positive news and that's really hard. Um, that's really tough to kind of learn to deal with that. Um, and learn to like handle that kind of what I definitely saw at the time as a failure. Mm. Mm, um, completely. And then again, when I was applying for graduate jobs, it was kind of even more demoralizing when I got rejection. Cause it was like, I've got like a, you know, I've got a year experience under my belt. Like, like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly, um, I mean, I, kind of similar I obviously well, I left uni I did a year's work um, where I was in Birmingham and then I was like I want to you know move to London and um yeah I was like come on now like surely I'm in a, in a bit of a better place than I was a year ago but it just didn't feel like that you know still getting rejections and and it is hard to pick yourself back up after so many rejections and you know not take it personally but it is hard um yeah, it honestly feels like just a right time, right place situation. <laughs> completely, completely right time, right place. And I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I would try and give to people is like, try not to take it personally mm. as much as you can. It's so hard not to, but you have to try and realise that in so many of these instances, no one has even looked at your application and they're just you're just kind of a number on a screen or you know you're someone just another person coming through it's not personal it's not about you or your character and I suppose the other piece I would piece of advice I would give to people is like it's okay as well to get these rejections like it's normal it it's it kind of you're not told it should be expected yeah. but it really should be expected like it's gonna happen and it really is okay and it doesn't mean that you aren't good enough or aren't qualified enough you are like applying for jobs just takes some practice as well there's like a bit of a way of doing it and it takes some time to learn that and like refine your way of doing it um and it's okay if it, if you feel like you're failing at it you're not and it's okay like but it's something that i had to learn the hard way and no one told me and I think so many people do learn it the hard mm. way and I think I think um, you always you hear of like that one person or something who just like gets a job straight away and yep. and you're like what like how like and they they literally went for one interview first interview got it straight in and you know they could be your, your best mate or something and it's it's, it's you know it's yep. hard not to compare as well um yeah. also I've kind of found it that often because I kind of had a job straight out of uni and people are like, God, you're so lucky. Like, how did you get a job like straight away? I applied for like many months before that, you know, it wasn't like I just got handed it on a plate, like, and I graduated, um, which I think, yeah, often don't compare yourself to other people because you don't know actually how they had to work to get there. 
Um, no, exactly. Don't compare. Don't compare yourself at all. Just do your own thing. <laughs> apply for the things you're interested in. Um, there are so many different routes into different places, and no two like journeys to a place are the same. And you know, I think I'm a bit of a believer in like the world works in strange ways, and everything happens for a reason. Mm. And you get somewhere in the end because that's kind of how it was meant to be, and everything worked out on that day for you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just couldn't agree with the, the advice more of like, don't compare yourself to people. There will always be that one person or two people or three people or five people who get their first job like out the door like mm. that, one interview. Um, yeah, don't measure and compare. I mean, to kind of add to your point as well, like to give a bit of perspective, I came back and started applying in September in my final year for jobs and I didn't secure anything until end of March, start of April. Yeah, yeah literally. I think start of the Easter holidays. Mm. So, you know, it's one, it's a long process for a lot of these applications, especially like bigger organizations, takes a lot of time. And, you know, it also takes just time to get through them and actually land a job at the end. So don't set yourself like tight timelines on when you're going to just chuck in the towel and call it quits. Um, just kind of keep going with the stuff you're interested in. That's what I would say and keep an open mind. Kind of going back to your job, I mean, I, I don't know how much you can talk about, but I like to kind of give a bit of an insight in what people do. So could you give us like a rough kind of average working day, like how, how it looks like an for you? Work- I mean, it might be very different. Yeah, an average working day. I was just, yeah, like you were like saying, an average working day at the minute is, is there is nothing normal or average about a day at the minute. So <laughs> with like... Not not today, not not, not at this no, moment. No. So I think it's an important point to add though, right? And this is like an interesting thing about working in government is that like when things pop up, uh, you can end up working on them. So like, I am working on some stuff related to coronavirus, which is really interesting. Um, and, mm. you know, my placement year, I, you know, worked on some of the stuff related to Brexit, which was like, you know, politically whatever. I can't really say, but like, <laughs> definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are yeah, these big things yeah. you can work on, but a normal day, an average day. So... Uh, right now, I am posted in a part of the government, uh, part of the cabinet office. I'm posted in part of the cabinet office that is called the Government Digital Service, um, and that looks at mm-hmm. digital transformation within government. So it basically looks at how you make government services digital, how you move them online, and make them you know fully accessible online, so more people can use them, people can use them more easily. You don't have to like go here, there, and everywhere, and say who you are you know a million different times you can just do it all in one place online um so a normal day for me a lot of what i do at the minute is analyzing different like programs and services and strategies that uh the digital service wants to implement looking at whether they are effective value for money like how much are they going to cost are they like going to realize benefits for government and for citizens using them um are they like deliverable what the kind of like risks and stuff around it do we need to set up a commercial arrangement that sort of thing so and that's quite similar to i think how a lot of like economist roles are in government a lot of it is looking at a policy or or a service or a program and evaluating it 
is it a good thing? Should we be doing it? Um, if we should do it, why? And then I suppose that's the second part of my job. It's like, once you've said, this is why it's good or bad, and this is how much it's going to cost, and this is the benefits, you then need to like communicate that to people and prove to them that it's a good thing and justify why you want to do this. Yeah. And I think that's definitely the more interesting side of it. Um, trying to justify and convince people of your arguments. Um, that mm. is... And fight for yeah, the reasons. Yeah, fight, fight <laughs> for the reasons saying. why. Like you, and that can yeah. get really interesting. So you work with like a really wide range of different people from kind of different skill sets and backgrounds. Um, and you can get good opportunities to work with like senior people to try and convince them that this is something that they should care about and want to do. So that's something that's really interesting about my job. But to like a kind of ending section that I often speak to people about on the podcast um, is about living situations. Mm -hmm. So in your 20s, you know, a lot of people kind of live in various places. You live with their parents, live with friends, live abroad. And um, I think it's just interesting hearing different people's scenarios and how they feel about it and kind of to give a bit more of, I guess, a solidarity about it if, if people are struggling or wanting to live somewhere else um because i know for a while you you lived at home with your parents um how did you find that was it was it easy was it annoying yeah, was it... yeah. so yeah so yeah i did live at home with my parents to start with so i started this job in september uh, 2019 and i was living at home with them until when did i move like mid-october end of October time mm. um so it was only for kind of like six eight weeks but obviously moved home you know at the end of university so it was there for the summer as well uh I found it I found it an adjustment but not I don't think it was quite a bigger shock to the system as it is for some people and the reason for that is yeah. because I'd already I'd had like a, a year at home during my placement year I lived at home then so I, I kind of mm. was a bit more familiar with like the transition of going from university to home but that said I think at the start it was still pretty tricky like you want to live by your timetable and your rules especially when you're like young and it's like your first job and you're in London and you want to go out with people and you want to do things yeah exciting exactly (laughs) the biggest problem of like commuting from home which for me is just outside of London on a commuter line was you're watching the clock all the time and you're thinking like I've got to get that train it's mm. going to take me an hour to get home I've got to then walk or ask if someone can pick me up and you're living in someone else's house and you've got to abide by their rules and not like come back super late and upset everyone so um yeah it's definitely an adjustment but I think my advice to people trying to like live at home with their parents afterwards would be try to like acknowledge that it's okay if you are feeling frustrated because you've gone from independent living to living in a shared space again which is really hard uh completely so don't kind of like ignore that feeling and and i think try and realize that that's why you might be feeling that way and then the second thing is if you need to like have a discussion with your parents about how they can kind of respect 
your space and how you can respect their space because you know you're living back under their roof and there's always this problem that you are their child and when you are in their house they kind of go back into like parental child caring mode revert back yeah, yeah, yeah to like how you were when you were like 13 14 and appreciate like not everyone has the best relationship with their parents so that might not be possible but if it's something you are able to do and you can do um i think it's definitely worth trying to do if if it's becoming a problem um and then yeah and then i moved out <laughs> so <laughs> and you got your freedom I got my freedom and i think that was the other thing that helped because i knew i was gonna yeah. move out and it wasn't forever it yeah. wasn't forever and there was kind of like a time limit on it and i think for some people it can be really hard not knowing when but mm. I think, again, just keep an open mind and like be open to living with people and looking for opportunities or even living on your own if you're finding home really hard, like living in a flat share. I know that can be difficult too, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I moved out and moved in with two of my best mates and it, it's great. <laughs> it was re- it's really good fun. And, yeah. and obviously there's like dynamics again. Like it's everyone thinks it's just like this rose-tinted perfect life living with your friends, but, you know... It's not always that way. It's hard again. I'm sure they would say the same. Like you have to adjust living to living with people, different people. Completely. And mm. getting used to how they want to live and how they want to do things. And it might not be the exact way you want to do things. Um, yeah. And again, it's about like this mutual respect and understanding. And I think it's a lot easier when you live with your friends to kind of have more frank discussions if something's annoying you. Mm. Um, yeah. Or if something's upsetting you. So or if they're not cleaning up the kitchen and you're like, oh God, there's a the dish has been there for two days. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Come on now, exactly. we're not students anymore. <laughs> exactly, or equally be told, you know, Matt, clean up your shit. Like, <laughs> clean up your dishes. Um, it, makes it, easy, it makes it easier that way around. It, you know, yeah. And you don't get, and I don't get, you know, I like what I like to think. Maybe they disagree. Let me know if you disagree on it then. <laughs> but I, like, I don't get offended if someone's like, if living with my friends are like Matt, can you do this? Can you clean up this stuff? Um, yeah. Whereas if my parents Completely. are like Matt, can you do this? I'm like, go away, mum and dad. Yeah. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I'm my own person. Yeah, go away. <laughs> slam your door. Go to your room. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really good, uh, and it's really good for the reasons, kind of like the opposite reasons that it's not good to living with your parents. Like you can have your own agency and your own time and go and do what you want when you want mm. but then you know you've got to like look after yourself and be a full adult yeah god oh um, looking after yourself and cooking your meals and making sure you do washing and <laughs> have clean underwear and <laughs> i know and like sort out bills and council tax oh god yeah bills don't <laughs> wi-fi and yeah a tv license it's a drag like, i didn't even know oh, this god, thing you have to pay yeah to watch TV. Yeah, I uh, I think it's definitely an improvement. Um, I think everyone's has like an individual view on that, and everyone's kind of circumstances are different, and what they and what they like and prefer is different. So, you know, be aware of that, and don't just move in with people for the sake of moving in with people if you know you're going to struggle. Um, oh, completely. And when you are house hunting, make sure that you're all happy with the house you're going into. Don't bite your tongue. 
Because like, <laughs> then you've got to live with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, don't go somewhere that you're going to feel uncomfortable if like it yeah. doesn't work for your commute or if you don't like the area or if you don't like something about the house. Like, don't. Mm. I think some people just kind of go with the flow and then end up with something they don't like. So be transparent and open with your housemates or in your potential housemates all the time. And um, to kind of round up, um, I always ask for some kind of final words of wisdom for people out there who um, just don't have a clue what to do with their lives, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> where, where to go, like trying to just work it out. Because I feel like this time, being in your 20s, is a lot of working out. I'm still working out what I want to do, really. You know, it's, it's still like, is this definitely what I want to do? It's, it's, you know, a constant um, flux, really. But um, yeah, do you have any, yeah. any words? I think, I completely agree. It's, I definitely don't know what I want to do. And I think that might seem kind of counterintuitive because I'm in a job and I did a placement year and I knew I wanted to do it and I knew I wanted to go in my current job and but I still don't know what I want to do long term and the first thing I'd say to people who don't know what they want to do is that's fine like don't worry that's that's so normal it's so okay uh this is the time of your life where it's like oh, do you know what people say it's time of your life where it's acceptable I think it's acceptable your whole life to not know what you want to do and to chop and change yeah <laughs> Um, and it's, I think this is a good time to have this conversation as well, because I don't know about you, but like, since I've been off or working from home more and having like more time to myself because of coronavirus and, you know, isolating at home and stuff, um, I've been thinking about this like a lot more, reflecting a lot more on like, where do I want to be? Mm. What do I want to be doing? Like a lot of kind of self-reflection and reflection. So I think my first piece of advice to people then or second piece of advice, I guess, if the first piece is, it's okay, don't worry, you're gonna, you know, you're probably gonna go through your whole life not knowing what you want to do at a given yeah. point and chopping and changing. My second piece of advice then would be to take time to reflect and think about what really matters to you, what you want to get out of this time of your life, your your 20s, and think about like what would be important to you in a work environment work context it mm. like shapes so much of your life and you know what your purpose is so I think it's really important to enjoy what you're doing um and ensure you're doing something or on a path that matters to you and that you care about as that will kind of motivate you and and really help you um I think figure out even more so what you want to do and then my third piece of advice would be just to try stuff. Um, take opportunities to try things you might not have thought about. And I think this especially applies to people who aren't sure what they want to do at all, which I think many people find themselves in this situation when they're in their 20s. They just have no idea where they want to be. And I think people perhaps hit these points throughout their whole life. But just try something then in that case. Just if there's been an aspect of you know your hobbies or your education that you've been interested in try and pursue something down that route or if there's always been this kind of idea in the back of your mind about what if I tried that maybe just go for it um 
I think that can be something that's that's valuable. And if you learn that it doesn't work or you don't like it, then you know you haven't lost anything. You've just tried something new and you've gained some experience along the way. And mm. that's a massive piece of advice I think I generally give to people is just try stuff. You don't lose anything by trying um, and testing something out. The worst thing is you don't like it. And then you don't, you know, waste any more time on it or spend any more time on something that you don't enjoy, which I think in the long run can only be a good thing. I have also heard a piece of advice uh, that someone has given once where it's just do something you don't like. I'm not sure how robust that is, but for some people that might work. Um, You know, their rationale was do something you don't like and you'll spend the whole time you're doing it thinking about what you'd rather be doing and everything you'd rather be doing so I don't know how effective that is but perhaps that's another uh another thing people could try if they're really really stuck so yeah to summarize those points it would be it's perfectly okay to not know what you want to do um take time to self-reflect and think about what's important to you uh because that will shape your kind of choices about what you do want to do so much, I think, and it's something I found really valuable. And the third thing then is try and find ways or think of ways to do things that you just might even vaguely be interested in or you have had in the back of your mind. Just give something a shot, even if, you know, it might not work out. Give it a go. Mm. So on the on the subject of not knowing what you want to do with your life... I was having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago now and I don't know how we got onto the subject but we were talking about job interviews and interview questions and you always get that question in an interview of where do you see yourself in three years time, five years time and you know after saying this I might never get a job again but what I said to them was I just feel like that's an absolute bullshit question it's it's a rubbish question it's so bad yeah it, yeah honestly I got it's it's horrible because you're like what am I supposed to say oh yeah I, I want to be in this company still like heading up a department or something you know what I mean it's like how I, I, I'm, I don't even know if I like this company yet <laughs> like what do you expect me to just, say like to, I don't think it's appropriate but, um, for people our age yeah 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 at all like you're in your early 20s you might not even be in your 20s yet if you're listening to this you you have Mm. no idea where you're gonna be in six months let alone five years especially when you consider things like you know people move house in if you're living in a big city you might only live in a house for a year and then you move again and you don't know where you're gonna be or if you're on a graduate scheme you could be rotating every year like you have no idea where you're gonna be in the country or within your within your organization so how are you supposed to know where you're going to be in five years and and i i completely agree with the whole this period of time there must be so many of us sat here being like am i in the right career like what is this where i should be because you know it's you have you have like the key workers and you know out there like saving lives basically and then we're just here like oh i'm doing this you know how how am I contributing to the world and um no it's it's good to always be okay with not knowing what you want to (laughs) do I think that's exactly right like so many people 
ask themselves when they start a new job, am I in the right place? Um, and I think perhaps there's a pressure at the start to kind of show commitment and stay in one place. But, you know, we've got the luxury at this age of being able to move so freely and so readily. And I think, you know, you're not going to know what matters to you until you do try something. So once you're in a job or you're doing something, that next step after university, whatever that is, you're going to learn a lot from whatever you do, whether that be traveling, um, focusing on a hobby, working, further study, like you're going to learn a lot about what matters to you and Mm. you'll change your mind and that's perfectly okay. And I think it's really healthy to change your mind. So yeah, I mean, you're right. You look at what people are doing now out on the front line and it's super inspiring and it might inspire some people to, you know, reconsider what's important to them and what they want to do with their lives. And people might want to feel like they're making a difference. So you never know what's going to come around the corner and what might change your perspective or change your mind. And you should be ready and open to that and be ready and ready and willing to to change your ideas about what matters to you and change your career if if that's what you think is going to help. Brilliant. And that's well, that that's it. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on. I hope it was useful and it's it's been a pleasure. So thanks. It has. Uh, very wise words. Um, yeah, loved it. Thank you so much for listening. And that is it, the final episode of Series 2 of The Grab Pod. I hope you enjoyed it and perhaps even learned something new. Being in your 20s can be a bloody confusing time and I predict throughout life we will be constantly trying to work out what to do. I hope you don't put too much pressure on yourselves and mainly just enjoy this weird time where the possibilities are endless. Goodbye for now. Thanks. Thanks.